pretend the music's playing. Oh. Is that good beatboxing? No. Oh. You well, can be Will Smith and his... Uh, then welcome to the podcast podcast. Okay. My name is DJ Donnie D. Ooh, then I'm DJ Sass. Scotty S. Uh, my, well, my middle name, my initials, S-A-S, Sass. So DJ Sass. Um, when I was in school, I'm trying, I, to, I'm trying to remember your middle name. I don't know if I want the world to yes, know. Yeah, I don't know if we can throw <laughs> that out there or not. But I, I always wanted to like. When I was in grade school, like we played like number munchers and like Oregon Trail. Oh yeah. And I always wanted to legitimately change my middle name initial to my first name initial, just so like when I put it in, you know, like the leaderboards, it was not sass. <laughs> oh, 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 reverse that. Uh-huh. Sorry, yep. Yeah. I so my middle name starts with an R. Mm-hmm. So my initials are DR. Okay. And my last name is Dudley, and I always thought it'd be cool if I was a doctor because, like, Dirt. my card would be like Dr. Dr. Dudley, like Dr. Dr. Dudley, Dr. Dr. Dudley, Dr. D. Ooh, paging Dr. Dr. D. DJ DJ Dr. D. DJ Dr. DJ Dr. D. Yo yo yo, spitting the greatest hits from the OT. It's DJ Dr. D. See that that works, yeah. Uh huh. I gotta move my chair. So I'd be like DJ Sass. DJ Sass and DJ. DJ Dr. Donnie. Man. DJ SAS. We missed our calling. Yeah, we did. Instead, we're just here doing this podcast. I know. Well, <sighs> again, see, this is where it would be nice to switch my middle initial with my other one so I could be <laughs> DJ. Oh, wait. You'd be like, like when you get a Associate of Science degree, you could be a- AS. Okay, so like. SAS. Yeah, if I really, if I became you'd a doctor, be I would so change my initials. Wait, you'd be PhD. If PhD, you'd be like SAS PhD. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. All right, I'd at least change because uh, to have better initials, like to be doctor. Have you ever tried to like work on your signature so it doesn't look like the scrawl of like a seven year old? No, I, sh- I need to though. I've, I, I, I think I'm be a low seven year old on my, in it, my yeah. signature. When you buy, when, when you buy a house, you know, you have to like sign a mm-hmm. hundred documents. It seems like mm-hmm. after like we were halfway through, like my initials stopped looking even like a name. <laughs> it was like barely a D with a line. I just, I, I wish I had a cool signature. See, I need to work on my signature and maybe get like a stamp. We could just oh, like you stamp go. your initials. Ooh, that's a good idea. Other like to carry that around everywhere you go. <laughs> but it, I mean, who really? Who's asking for your autograph? But nowadays, like, it's, it, like, it's all electronic anyway. So like, a stamp wouldn't really work. Y- you want to hear something crazy? What's that? So before, so we have a Costco membership. Yeah. And uh, we got it two years ago to buy tires because right. the tires were like literally three hundred dollars cheaper than anywhere else. Oh. And so uh, we've kind of kept it up, and every year we've gotten uh, you know there's something that we get from costco that makes it worth it okay like right now gas at costco is like 25 cents cheaper a gallon oh nice oh yeah oh yeah it's nice but we always get our coffee there okay and uh today i was there the only thing i'm buying is coffee so i'm in line waiting and this lady behind me has two carts separated out Mm -hmm. she writes a check for both carts oh no because there are two different orders And, and she didn't even have it started she was like writing the first one, putting the date in, oh, making no. that right in Costco, writing out the, you know, $42 and seven. And I was just like, kill me. I don't even know how to write checks anymore. I'm being sarcastic, but I, I, I mean. But the thing, when she opened up her like little, she had like the little wallet thingy. Mm-hmm. Dude, she had like nine different credit cards in there. What? But I'm she like, was the check? Yeah. 
just I might use the credit card and pay it know? off like that month. Or even I'm sure one of those had to be like a bank debit card. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Because it comes I, out of the same thing. You just don't have to write the paper. Right. And I'm just like why, like sitting there like, all I got to do is buy this coffee. <laughs> I, get, I have a two-minute job to do here. And this lady's like, just oh. two carts, two separate orders. Two separate orders? Both checks. That's harsh. I've, I haven't seen anybody write a check in years. You know, I don't think so either. I guess we, every once in a while I'll see a little old lady write a check, but that's very infrequent. Yeah, that's what we were talking before. I think the last time I wrote a check was baseball season for my kid. Okay. And that's because that's like a, a school. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not real. So that's what <laughs> I wrote a check for last year is, yeah, wrote it to the school, and that's that's it. Uh, Other than that. You don't see those in the wild too much. No. No, I can't even think of the last time I wrote a check other than for school last year. And that was like the beginning of the school year for like student fees. Half the time we're like, hey, is the is the checkbook in the fire safe, the filing cabinet, or is it in your drawer in the closet? Like we're not <laughs> sure. Like we're oh no, just grab a new one out of the drawer in the closet. We've had the same we have the when we got married, we got checks together, you know, right? Yeah, our names are together. And uh we they're in a um they're national parks printed checks. So they uh-huh. got like scenes from like the Grand Canyon or whatever. We're still using that batch. Wow. Like, 14 years this uh, August. Wow. Which by the time you listen to this, we have been married for 14 years. Wow. Since last August. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like said, but they don't see, now they don't know what last August is. So like you'll be forever only 14 years. No, I'll make, I'll make a, the same joke next year about checks. Okay, I'll, that's fair. I'll make a, I'll, hey Siri, remind me to tell a joke about having checks from when we were first married. In the year 2020 on July 17th. Oh, wow. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, shut up. That, no. <laughs> Man, I should have kept talking. Well, I could have yeah, made that message go. on there now. So what I did, uh, I was talking and Siri edited it. Yeah, let's see where it is. So uh, now next year. And uh, to get rid of it. July, you will get another joke about checks and them being married for 14 years, which will then be 15 years, almost 20 because you were married in August, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still looking for the. Oh, man, she saved it. I don't know where she saved it. Well, well, well and, that'll and pop up. Right. What is this about? What? <laughs> oh, so you didn't even tell what date to do it? I did, but I it, it didn't show up in the reminders. So maybe oh, okay. she didn't. Keep it. Oh, uh, or like I said, I'll get a surprise. It'd be awesome. Okay. So tomorrow night at three in the morning, yeah, you're going to remember oh, that I don't, you need. I don't keep my phone in the room. Okay. Uh-huh. Just kidding. I, I used to. I stopped. How do you wake up in the morning? I don't do it anymore. Oh, I got like the old school Sony. Like the ones you plug called, in? Like, a dream, it's called like the dream machine alarm clock or something. Like when you plug in? Yeah. What if the power goes out? It's got a, it's got a uh, watch battery that keeps it going. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't know how to get up in the morning. Without at least one alarm. I, You know, I do keep my watch on my <coughs> nightstand. I could probably set an alarm on this. I just don't know how. Okay. I switched out. No more Apple Watch. Now I got Garmin. Oh. Now work it. Okay. But no, I don't have any of those watches because I just hate watches. You don't run with a GPS on your wrist? No. 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 Weird. What's that like? Uh, what do you even run for? I don't even run anymore. I what? bike now. Twitter. Yeah. Man, everybody... All right, we got to get on this w- with this podcast, but like I, w- I, I logged into Strava for the first time in a while because, long mm-hmm. story short, just couldn't use Strava with my old Apple Watch yeah. for weird reasons. And I noticed like everybody that used to run is like going for bike rides. Well, I. Like, what the heck? So I had a surgery 
I thought it was a pinched nerve. Went to a doctor this week and he's like, no, he's like, you just have something else. But like my neg- legs go numb if I do that. So I just, I've been biking. So every morning I'll bike about I'm 15 alone. to 20 miles on the bike trail and then get back before the girls get up. Well, that's not true. The girls are <laughs> already up by the time I get back. But, and then uh, if it's rain or something, I'll, I'll go ahead or don't have time. I'll bike in the basement. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm alone. Yep, you are. Hey, out there. I run. I still run. You can find me on Nike Plus or Strava. Let's be friends without all these bikers around. So um, before hey, I end up cursing you guys. We'll get there quicker. Dang. But will you have the cardiovascular shape that I have? You know, it feels like the breeze when you're going, what? I don't know how fast I go. Okay, now here's the, all right. <laughs> this is not an exercise podcast, but. Biking in the winter is horrible. That's true. Ha. That's true. See, I can run in the winter and be fine. But but what I do, then I just put my bike on a trainer. I play video games while I bike. Yeah, if I did that, they'd be like, hey, the bike trainer's too loud. Go outside. No, I got a quiet one. I know. I got the old. Oh, okay. I got an old. That thing is like, it's loud. <clears throat> okay. No, this one's this one's pretty quiet. All right. It, All right. I'll try it after this. And if it's awesome, I'll ask for one for Christmas. Okay. Good and deal. then I'll join you bikers, the hordes of bikers. Absolutely. I got a great bike. I Coolness. So yeah, let's go. Um, All right. Anyway, so Deuteronomy, where they oh didn't my have gosh, bikes, I got a keystone this in nine they minutes. They might have run in sandals. I don't know what they would have run in, or their togas. Hopefully not bare naked. feet, man. That's how barefoot running started. Barefoot in running. The Bible. I made that up. Because I, I don't know how big the. I don't know. Did they? Did they? I guess when they with if they were in the wilderness, it would take a while for them to like. They walked all day anyway. Whoops. What? Uh, what? Oh no. I don't. I might actually have to edit that out. I don't know if that kills fair use or not oh i don't know because it's a uh, copyright i don't know okay well everyone um that may or may not have happened so yeah okay. uh, chapter 28 uh verse 15 right so yeah <laughs> so with that um last week we talked about you the blessings i'm not gonna edit that out right yeah <laughs> I, I figured if nintendo really has that big of an issue well that's cool that if the execs of nintendo are listening to uh, yeah, deuteronomy right? then amen man. um and they should know not to say <laughs> Uh, so for the uh, who, however many people that listen to us out there, don't don't snitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so last week we started twenty eight. Um, we got uh, one through um, 14. fourteen, and that was the short part of the book that talked about some of the blessings um, that we would get if we faithfully obey God. And then we have the rest of it, which goes from twenty to verse. 68 and that is all the curses yay um yeah, so we get a couple blessings you know 14 verses worth and now boom and chapter 29 doesn't get much better however chapter 30 we got some restoration coming around. in so yeah we got we got some good stuff so hang in there um while we we send out a bunch of uh, curses if you choose to be disobedient um, to to God, um, but then again, God does promise or offer restoration um, later on. So, um, with that, we're going to start off with Deuteronomy fifteen or Deuteronomy twenty-eight, verse fifteen through nineteen. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, uh, or be careful to do all His commandments and His statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall be upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall 
be, or cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. Do you need me to pause this for a minute? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. All right. Hey, guys, uh, we'll be right back, but you won't notice a thing. All right. So uh, I read chapter 28, uh, 15 through 19, which you guys already know, and the time lapse Yeah, yeah, you you never experienced. Um, So with that, um, but if you will not obey... Um, so this is kind of uh, the it's kind of a new section where we're getting started on if you will not obey uh, the voice of the Lord your God and we're talking specifically about uh, commandments um, then you're going to have some curses that are going to come upon you um, and we're talking specifically about Israel so I'm not necessarily talking in a 2019 um, context um, but we can kind of uh, address. Um, God's discipline later on in our own lives if, if we choose to kind of go that direction. But um, what did you have from the first uh, couple of verses? Not a whole lot. There's a lot of reversal of what we had just read in the other one. So like before it was like, blessed will be your basket and kneading bowl. And now it's like, now they'll be cursed if you disobey. So it's like this uh, undoing of like the blessing. They'll say, hey, you know, this is the way it's going to go down. Uh uh, sorry, <laughs> text messages and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was like basically going, you know, all opposite on things. But uh, what do you have? Because the only other thing I have is like I have a nice, wonderful chart that shows mm-hmm. a comparison between like other uh, documents from around the same time period and okay. like what they did. But it's not even really... Like, so it's not something I can like show on a podcast. Like so, so I base I basically just have um, it's kind of the opposite of what we just talked about last week. Um, so it repeats some of the same um, blessings, but this time from from the curse perspective. Right. Um, so again, it's like what you said. Everything that that you would get um, from a blessing would have been undone with it with this curse. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I have now. Is there a way you can describe that chart or is it kind of pretty complicated? No, it's basically, and it goes beyond this, this small section of, uh, <coughs> verses. What, what, it, what is interesting is that it does bring out, um, bread making utensils. Oh. Uh, it is cursed both here in Deuteronomy 28 and it's also cursed in other vassal treaties. Um, I'm going to destroy this. Esar Hadan Vassal Treaties. Okay. They don't have pronunciation here. Um, also threatened some similar things. And from what it looks like, uh, the this chapter of Deuteronomy 28 mirrors this other vassal treaty, these Esar Hadan I need a Hebrew scholar yeah. to help me pronunciate. Um, I used to have a book that, that had the pronunciations of things, and I, and I don't need, know what I did with it. I need the Amazon one of those. Um, but uh, they go almost, uh, like I said, almost mirror image a lot of the same stuff. However, um, the other vassal treaty never uh, threatens exile hmm. as a curse for breaking the treaty. Uh, really? However, Deuteronomy does. Um, but Deuteronomy is not the only place we see exile as a threat. The Code of Hammurabi, um, the Sefire, 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 Sefire. I don't, I don't know, know if I've ever heard of that one. Yeah. Sefire, <laughs> um, uh, among others do have that as a curse, but, uh, the only other very extensive ones, man, Matialu, 
<laughs> wow, you're having fun with these things tonight. Dude, they don't have, like, hey, if you're going to, like, put these words in here, maybe give, like, a phonetic pronunciation there, Mr. Grisanti. Like, I, need, I can't read these. He's like, only smart people read my commentaries. <laughs> yeah, smart Who are you people then? and Don. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he'll never go look at the charts. <laughs> no, it's like pictures. That's all I look at. Absolutely. Um, things don't change from when you're in kindergarten to when you're yeah, ancient. You know, but uh, Hammurabi and the other guy uh, have a lot of overlapping, but even the Code of Hammurabi is not as extensive in its cursing as Deuteronomy 28. Oh, wow. So there you have it. Okay. But that's really about it. What is that? I think that's actually my washer. I've never been fin- I've never been down here when it's finished. Oh, ours makes like a Doesn't, tone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess my washer has a ringtone, everybody. I mean, um, you mean the recording studio's wash- oh, washing wait, machine. I'm sorry, yes. Has the a ringtone. Recording studio. That was our producer. Has a washing machine. <laughs> washing machine phone. Yes. But yeah, that's all I got for okay. that section of verses. Right. Really, it, there, there's not a whole lot. Like I said, outside of just seeing the undoing. Okay. Well, we're gonna get into a little bit more specific curses. Um, that's where the as magic we go happens. from twenty through sixty-eight. Uh, I'm gonna read uh, through the. Just we're, we're just gonna go kind of. Um, a few verses at a time, uh, discuss some of those verses, and then kind of move on. Um, chapter 28, verse 20 through 24. Uh, the Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with the fever, inflammation, and fiery heat, and with drought, and with blight, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish, and the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder. From heaven dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. Hooray! I'm feeling encouraged. I feel like that would be a great benediction at the end of a sermon. Absolutely. I'd, Everybody, I'd, uh, put your hand in the air to receive the benediction. The uh, sky will turn to bronze, and uh, the earth to iron, and dust will rain down on you. All I know is I'm going to walk up front really quick, and uh, uh, hopefully hopefully we can skip tr- 28 and 29 and go straight to 30. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, uh, yeah. So I guess verse 22, we got some diseases, which sound pretty nasty, um, not ones that I want. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I want to know about the fiery heat. <laughs> um, well, before before you get into that, that whole curses, confusion, and rebuke. Oh, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, there's like a lot of speculation as to um, like the, how the diseases will bring about chaos and disorder and um, how basically that is highly demonstrating the absence of God's presence mm. because God's presence tends to bring uh, the opposite. It, it tends to bring comfort and order where this is bringing chaos and disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so some argue that there's a divine protection over uh, Israel keeping away, you know, diseases and confusion and frustration and all that. Um but the whole section here, uh, I was trying to find what the actual. Let's see, it will send you and frustration in all that you undertake to do. I think the frustration there was. Um, where's the. 
This is why you don't read in two different translations. So he came in saying, you know, the NIV and the ESV are yeah. very, very different translations. Um, so I think he's looking in his ESV right now to kind of see. Um, yeah, but ba- basically this section of verses speaks to, and it might be a little bit later on down, um, the Lord's fierce anger. And it's one of the very few points where mm-hmm. it, in Scripture where um, such anger is expressed from yeah. God onto his people. Uh, and it's only used in one other section, and I took terrible, terrible notes, people. Um, but it's only used, I think it's Jeremiah. It's one of the prophets okay. uses a very similar phrasing. Yeah. Uh, and in both cases, it is actually uh, in regard to rebellion or treason okay. against God. So it's definitely like a, I kind of remember as like a little kid, like having some of the, you know, the fear God put into you by like, oh, you wouldn't want to make God sad now, would you? You yeah. know, like by fundamental Baptist and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, um, you know, the whole idea that like Jesus took your punishment was kind of lost on some of these adults in my life. And uh, so they would kind of play the guilt trip game like Jesus is watching and he'll be very disappointed mm-hmm. in you and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, there's God's anger, but like all that wrath was like, put on to Jesus during the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to walk in righteousness and forgiveness. And like, we don't get punished as Christians. Yeah. We, we get disciplined. Yes. But we, so that means we get taught, we get uh, put through sometimes hard circumstances, but God does not punish us. So there is no like eye for an eye in regards to us and our relationship with God mm-hmm. period. Um, on the other hand, Israel didn't have that benefit here. Right. So they're seeing straight up punishment come down. And that punishment is basically coming down due to their rebellion, due mm-hmm. to their treason. Um, and that this is the kind of punishment as a little kid, I would imagine like that I would be going through like, God is going to be so mad at me. The pestilence is coming down from the sky. Like I had, I did not understand that. Like that was not the way it worked. Yeah. And, and, and throughout the old Testament, not just in Deuteronomy. Well, <laughs> I, I think at the end of Deuteronomy, spoiler alert, and it's been a while since um, I, I've been to the very end of Deuteronomy, Moses pretty much says this is going to happen. Um, that Israel <laughs> is going to screw up, and and guess what, people, it does. And as you read a lot of the New Te- or the Old Testament, you see a lot of this. Um, God punishes his people. Uh, he de- disciplines Israel. Um, but then he always brings about a restoration. Um, and so we see not necessarily these type of curses in the New Testament. However, we do see God's discipline. And Hebrews says that's a good thing. Um, you have um, in, in the Peters being, I think, first Peterish, and in some of the other New Testament texts, um, we also see how um, God disciplines, and, and, and through that we are supposed to be rejoice, uh, rejoicing. We're supposed to be refined in the fire, and so that brings us to a, a higher level of faith. And so we see that that discipline and that restoration continue to happen even in the New Testament. Um, so this is a, it's it's an Old Testament concept that that moves into the New Testament. There's just a difference between um, a curse and, and the discipline that God offers mm-hmm. today um, because of Jesus. Well, we see. Um kind of in the same order in the same section. I think it's in verse 20. Uh, it ends with until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds. 
Um, that phrase there is once again, it's referenced 11 times in the Old Testament. Nine of those 11, it speaks to Israel as a whole. Hmm. So once again, it comes down to the people group. And we've talked about this in the past quite a bit that yeah. like they, you know, their their status as a nation is judged as a nation, not so much on an individual level. Right. Um, and we see once again that punishment coming down because of their evil deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine of the 11 times that that phrase is mentioned is for the entire group. Yeah. Twice it's mentioned in individual cases. And once again, mostly by the prophets. Yeah. So. So, um, uh, 28, 23, bronze sky, iron ground. Um, that, no, I got a lot more before that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> sorry. I, I don't have anything till 23. Then after the diseases, we should, we should switch up roles. Like I should leave this one here and I should use uh right and mm-hmm. see like what the difference is. Oh yeah. And yeah. Cause he actually out. did not, um, I did not get a ton off of that. He kind of talks about, he doesn't go into a lot of the details of, of some of the curses. He explains some of them, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, he doesn't go really, really deep into them. Um, huh. Well, yeah. there, here's a couple of fun things. Okay, let's see what you got. Uh, there are seven afflictions, Okay. which a lot of people say that seven biblically is a number that represents completion. Mm-hmm. Um, so... These seven afflictions will completely curse and decimate Israel. Ooh. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful, um, joyous moment when you can say that you've you've been, been fully 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 cursed. Okay, that's fair. Um, it is. A, we often think like, oh, the seven seven is often like a it's a holy number. It's a complete number. It's a it represents. And here it's like, well, there's seven uh, here, and um, the first. Uh, three afflictions relate to personal. So mm-hmm. you have like boils and things like that. Okay. And the last three uh, pertain to the land, but the middle curse pertains to both. So let me see if I can, I did not put verse number. I did the worst job taking notes. I was like so excited. I was like, why would I put the verse numbers to tell me where I am? So, do, okay. So are these curses found in, in 28 as a whole? Uh, it's or 20, just within the... Chapter 28 and the verses 21. So the Lord will make a pestilence that will stick to you. Um, the Lord will strike you with wasting disease, fever and inflammation and fiery heat. Um, and with drought and blight and mildew. And they will... Pres- oh gosh, I can't remember where... what. Darn it. But basically, yeah, it's... um. I'd have to look and see, but there's seven afflictions. Maybe it is the entire chapter because that, okay. that's why I don't have a note next to it. Okay. Um, that are going on, and the first three are, are, you know, affecting them on a personal, physical level, and then the last three are affecting them on the entire land, and then the middle, whatever that happens to be, maybe we'll find out as we read more. Okay. Um, happens to affect both. Okay. So maybe the drought. I'm not sure. Okay. So bad at this. So bad. All right. So, sorry, um, listeners, I failed this week. I, I, I've had even because I don't even have that much. Um, so, twenty three talks about bronze sky, iron ground. Mm-hmm. If you're like, well, what the heck does that mean? Um, basically, this was an Assyrian treaty curse from the seventh century BC. Um, it was ultimately looking at it, no for for ter, uh, fertility of the land, um, and iron ground, um, and no rain or dew comes from bronze skies. Um, so ultimately, 
you're not going to get any growth, any plant, any um, harvest, any whatever if it doesn't rain because it can't rain from a bronze sky and there isn't anything coming up from an iron ground. And um, now, not only that, you cannot plant seed in iron because there's no place for it to go down and to be buried. Right. So, so it's basically saying that, that fertility is... is um, not going to happen. It's kind of an opposite of one of the blessings that was m- er- uh, earlier mentioned. Um, but again, I was like, what the heck is a bronze sky and iron <laughs> ground? I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so if you're kind of wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, well that's kind of what that means. What's interesting, and we talk about restoration, and I don't want to get too far out there or mm-hmm. even too crazy bible guy sounding uh-huh. uh but i do remember when we were in bible lands and lifeways which is a, a course that you took yes Cincinnati christian university yeah he would always tell us about how for the times when they were entering the land it w- it looked more like the smoky mountain national park mm-hmm. lots of cedars lots of trees very fertile very beautiful very green very lush and throughout the years, people have basically stripped the land of its nutrients. So now when people think Israel, they, they correctly think some very desertish, very barren areas that are now uh, forced to, like, you know, put in irrigation systems or mm-hmm. to do things to circumvent the drought-like uh, issues. And part of you in the back of your head has to wonder, like, is some of that a holdover from this initial curse? Oh, yeah. Um, is it a little bit harder and a little <coughs> bit more drought stricken and you know i'm sure that by the by the sea it's probably still somewhat decent but for the most part uh what we see is a land that's been stripped of a lot of its trees a lot of its Mm. nutrients a lot of its farmability and they've had to go back in and put in artificial systems to make the land workable again right right so it's kind of just kind of just something to think about something to think about yeah you know i've never been to israel if i I could be wrong okay you could let me know if maybe it is a wonderful oasis but you know uh 15 years ago, it sounded like it was pretty rough. Yeah. Rough sledding. And my, my life plans is, is to get out there sometime when I'm ancient and old and can afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like maybe there'll be a little peaceful window you can sneak into. Absolutely. Um, so anything else on that? Uh, chapter 20 or verse 25. Just 25 or? Oh, no. So the next section goes from 25 to... Oh, wait, how far did you? You only read through 24, didn't you? I did, yeah. Oh, that could be part of my problem with my notes. Okay. Well, let, let's keep going Carry and, and see what happens. So verse 25. Guys, I swear, I've done this before. I know how to podcast. So right. chapter 28, uh, verse 25 through 35. The Lord will cause you to be uh, defeated before your enemies. You shall go out the way against them and flee seven days before them, and you shall be a whore to all of the kingdoms of the earth. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. And your dead body shall be food for all the birds of the air and for the beasts of the earth, and there shall be no one to frighten them away. Uh, The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt and with the tumors and scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind, and you shall grope at noonday at the blind as the blind grope in darkness and you shall not prosper in your ways and you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually and there shall be no one to help you you shall betroth a wife but another man shall ravish her Ooh. 
You shall build a house, and but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but you shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, while your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long, but you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and of all your labors, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually, so that you are driven mad by the sights that your eyes see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous boils of which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. Go through 37. I can do that. Um, I don't need as much. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve your serve other gods of wood and stone. And you shall become a horror, a proverb, and a byword among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. You shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather in little for the locust shall consume it. Oh, well. That's right. Okay. Um, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's such a great no. outlook. So, Sorry. I guess what do you have for some of this? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, well, we saw in the first section that they would be, their enemies would come up uh, this is back in like the first section, verses one through fourteen. Their enemies would come organized and be scattered, mm-hmm. and now it's the reverse that they see happening. Once again, they are they are coming up organized against their enemies, and then then they're being shattered and uh, scattered seven ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the tables turn on their military uh, in this section. I see you searching your notes. Oh yeah, I was uh, I was just looking. Oh, oh, go on. Oh, I I, I say okay, this is kind of there's some spots in in here. This is another one of those kind of scatter shots. Okay, we got yeah. a lot of different stuff. Um, I thought one of the uh, uh, interesting parts is that they would become a horror, a nation that was filled with corpses. Mm-hmm. That's like some, you know, apocalyptic <laughs> like uh, post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, scenery that you have going on here. Oh yeah, where you've got just you know bodies everywhere in the land, and and another man ravishing my wife. Oh, that's Ooh. a well. There's a okay. So there's there's some little intricacies um, that go into that. That's very interesting. Some of the earlier manuscripts state that that section uh, pertains to like rape or sexual assault, uh-huh. and later manuscripts changed it to basically like another man will lie down with your wife. Right. And they think that some people may have changed it later on because of the public reading. Really? And Grisanti says that like you should never change something no. just to make it softer on the ears. Yeah. So that's it's interesting to think that some of the later texts, some of the later manuscripts might be a little more uh, gentler. gentler on the listener. Like it's like later on they became it's like Man, do they? What, what do they do when they get to judges? Yeah, ooh, I don't know. What you do know? they do? There's yeah. some pretty brutal. I wonder what the picture. Ezekiel? I wonder what the picture action Bible has for this section. Uh, we should, I should bring that in sometime. Ooh, take a look. My daughter has it upstairs. I just don't know where she has it. <laughs> and now I'm curious. That, so that's oh kind of no, a, I do know. 
because I, I did look. Um, so like for judges or for this section? Because I think it was for Deuteronomy. They don't have oh. anything for Deuteronomy. Lame. So like I don't. I think they missed the whole book of Deuteronomy, if I remember correctly. I have to go back and look. Yeah. But no, I think I was looking a couple weeks ago at it. Because I was like, hmm, I wonder what the pictures look like. And yeah, I don't think they have anything. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go back so to So they're it. like some of those later uh, scribes yeah. copying and trying to lessen and soften the blow a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think God ever intends that because I think there's a seriousness that comes behind that. Because right. I think, I mean, we get into some other pretty well, graphic uh, material when we get a little bit further into 28. In a, in a 21st century mindset, ravishing somebody can almost have a, I don't know how to put this, like a positive spin on it. Like a married couple were like ravishing each other. Like that could almost mm-hmm. be like a, like she was willing. But in this case, if you look at it as like she's being assaulted by somebody else, right? then it's not like there's any reprieve for her to go find another lover among the nations. Right. She is also experiencing obvious, like, part of the curse. Yeah. So I I just, I find that interesting that somebody would try and make that, to soften that blow and then make it look like, well, hey, you might have a hard time with this, but hey, at least your wife can escape it with somebody. It's like, no, she's, she remains under that curse as well. There's there's no reprieve for anybody in this. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. So just kind of that, that difference in philosophy mm-hmm. is interesting um let's see oh the boils um it represents a symptom not necessarily disease there's not really enough detail to to give a specific diagnosis on it yeah um there are some guesses smallpox chronic uh, eczema uh, skin ulcers syphilis scurvy um, they, they say that the book of job mm-hmm. was written before the pentateuch so for those that don't know the Pentateuch, first five books that we have the Bible. It means one book in five parts. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, many argue that the book of Job was a story that existed or was written before those five books were written. Mm-hmm. Um, and some argue mosaic authorship. Yep. Uh, I'm wondering if this is playing off of part of Job to describe that because it would be something that the so, Israelites may have known quite a bit about. So he mentions, um, he mentions, uh, Chris Wright mentions the sixth plague in Egypt. Um, so Exodus nine, eight through 11. So that might bring back memories of, of what this looks like. Um, he brings back the affliction that tormented Job um, in Job two. Um, verse 7 through 8. Uh, and then also skin diseases in general, um, thinking back to Leviticus 13, um, where they get into a little bit more detail about what you're supposed to do if you um, yeah, have if you been. Have, yeah. yeah. So those are just some some things that kind of go, go with this. Um, I also had, I guess, in verse 28, um, he mentions that uh, this is kind of mental illness. So when he's talking about the idea of, what did he say? The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind. Um, He's specifically talking about uh, various types of mental illness um, and then some of the repercussions or some of the the things that go along with that. Um, Yep. Oh, the one kind of backtracking a little bit. Well, yeah, I did read, I read Grisanti. Okay. ADD moment. Uh, Grisanti said kind of the same thing that like the blind might not be a physical mm-hmm. blindness, but it could be a, a state of mind, a state of 
part of that confusion or like things not being in order once again yeah uh could be causing that blindness or not understanding what to do next or not feeling like there's a way out or an answer yeah Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that could be more more like you said of like a mental illness than a physical issue um kind of going back to the uh land of corpses uh it says that the uh nation will be uh, basically the Instead of the land feeding the nation, now the nation is going to feed the land. And he mm-hmm. talks about the predators that will come and pick them apart and devour them. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, interesting parts about that is that uh, these are scavengers and beasts that would have been unclean for them to touch or for them to eat. But it is basically not, or it, like, let me rephrase that. It's not permissible for them to like eat these animals. On the other hand, these animals that they're not supposed to touch that are unclean would be devouring them. So there's kind of an additional layer of insult onto, because it's like the the ravens are not birds that they're supposed to eat. They, uh, you know, like lions and predators and uh, certain reptiles and things would eat their bodies that would scavenge them and insects that would scavenge people. They were considered unclean and they're not allowed to touch them or to eat them. But these unclean beings would be what would be like fed by their corpses right okay so i found that to be kind of an interesting little extra addition yeah extra insult so um yeah 30 through 34 those uh grisanti cause of futility curses um they frustrate the order and enjoyment of life this includes your home marriage and family um things would not function as intended but instead would bring about pain and sadness And he brings up that stealing one's animals was often uh, put into uh, stories and antidotes as Mm -hmm. a sign of oppression. Really? So to steal someone's donkey or to steal someone's oxen or some of that was basically like what a king would do to people to oppress them and to keep them down. Oh. So that it's it's a way of, I mean, yeah, obviously you're going to lose your livelihood, but it's also a way that you're kept down and oppressed. Okay. As Israel. So I thought that was kind of another little... Want to take away their financial insight or their uh, by taking that away, you are oppressing them, you're, you're keeping them in that state of poverty, um, that state of right. yeah. So, I mean, that I guess that makes sense to, to see that as a as an act or a, a thing of um oppression, oppression. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's All right, good. yeah. Next section, uh, oh, really? Uh, one more thing, the uh, uh, what verses is that? Is that 34? Let me see. Dead air. People love that. Oh yeah, sorry. No, I was no, looking I was trying to find the part about the what verse is man, I did such a bad job. So technically I read through thirty seven. I re- actually read a little bit further. No, that's is that okay. what I you're trying to see the uh, part about being a whore, a proverb, and an object of ridicule, but I can't find it. Oh, here it is. I looked right at it. All right, so it's all the way down in 37. Are you ready to go there yet? Oh, yeah, we can go there now. Okay, and he says, And you shall become a whore, a proverb, and a byword among all the people where the Lord will lead you away. Um, the uh, the whore here basically says that they will become an example of complete destitution and suffering. Oh, wow. Like, they would be like, oh, man, yeah, you could be like the Israelites. You know, like, you're. it's almost like how we would say, like, um, what's a people group that's completely disappeared? <laughs> like, um, oh man, they went the way of the Aztecs. Okay. You know, like that, that is kind of the same idea. Like that group 
doesn't exist anymore. Maybe like how, you know, what's the, I can't think of a people group that's like completely disappeared. Yeah. Uh, sadly, like the Native Americans, like we yeah, kind of like kind you know, of, but that would be like they would be an example of a people group that got, you know. Okay, that makes sense. Destroyed instead of so. The blessing is like, I will lift you up among the nations and people will be like in awe of you. And now suddenly it's like, I will, you know. You're quickly mentioned and then you're done with and go on to something more yeah, important. People will use you as a, an example of a misfortune of something bad mm-hmm. that could happen. Yep. And people will probably make fun of you for that. You know, Like we would, you know, uh, we often make fun of like the Aztec calendar. Remember 2012? The oh, world was going to yeah. end. Like, ha ha, mm-hmm. ancient people are stupid. You know, kind of thing. Like it could be kind of the same idea. And if you're part Aztec, I didn't mean you're stupid. I just meant whatever. I quit. <laughs> I don't know. Where, where would you be part Aztec? Anyway. All right. Um, so there, there are people that have, they claim like ink and Aztec and my oh, okay. blood in Mexico. Oh, I guess that's fair. So yeah. There you go. You don't see it as much in the heritage. Locally. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a whole lot up here in Ohio. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So next section. Um, <laughs> 38, you shall carry much seed into the field and shall gather in little for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes for the worm shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil for your oils shall drop off. You shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the fruit of your ground. The sojourner will, er, the sojourner who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. Ouch. So basically, it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of that idea of you were brought higher and now you're being brought lower on on pretty much every account. Um, Well, what's also kind of interesting, like especially about the part about like the sojourner and that like there's all this stuff about taking care of the sojourner. Mm -hmm. So the one that they were commanded to take care of will be the one that oppresses them. Right. And, And I think we talked earlier about lending where you were as Israel going to lend to others. Um but that no one would lend to you. And so now we've got kind of a reversal of even that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was interesting. So the locusts, um, this was obviously really common during this time period. Um, but locust swarms have been known to cover as many as 400 square miles. And one square mile can team with over 100 million insects. Oh, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was like, that is a heck of a curse. Um, so now you're talking about the fertility of their land and, and their livelihood. Um, olive oil would have been really big during that time. So um, to have the olives um, fall off the tree and you not be able to utilize them or for you not to have that, that, ripe, um, that ripe fruit would have been a huge um, issue and problem um, with... Uh, with the crops that you would get, the money that you would make from that. Um, I think Egypt um, didn't have that type of stuff, so they would come and and grab um, and um, purchase that from them. So this was kind of a big deal to to have your crops not be successful. And and I think this is 
also an opposite of a blessing that was mentioned earlier um, about fertility of the land. Um, this is definitely not an example of fertility. So this is, you talked about the locust. Um, Grisanti says a large sw- swarm of locusts could consume enough food in one day to feed 1.5 million people. And he oh actually credits a guy named Taige. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ridiculous. And so he mentions the cricket later, or in some translations, they use the word locust twice. Mm-hmm. He said that like that word is actually translated from a phrase. It just means buzzing insect. Oh, wow. Um, so it could be a cricket. It could be a locust. It could be gnats. It could be like, we don't know what the other one was, but basically it's saying that there's two plagues coming on you. So one point, what million? It could feed, it could, it could consume enough food in one day to feed 1.5 million people. Ooh. Do they still have, uh, is that still an issue today? Like, do they still have those locust problems or? Well, the only thing I can think of is like here in Cincinnati and other parts of Ohio, and I think uh, some other states have it. We have the the cicada emergence. Mm -hmm. And I do know that there are some areas where they worry about like them eating, because basically what they do is they come out, they eat all the leaves and then they die after laying eggs. Right. Again. Um, And to us, it's annoying. Yeah. But I, so I can't imagine what it's like when it's actually messing with, with your, your livelihood crowd, and yeah. Your food. Yeah. Cause like, we're like, oh no, they ate all the leaves off the trees. Well, I'll just go to, you know, the grocery store and pick up new food that the locust can't get kind of thing. And then you eat them later with chocolate covered. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Cincinnati. So you have the, uh, you know, the cicadas become snack foods for some of you adventurous, gross people. Oh yeah. Swat them whole. Uh, I had to chew him. Yeah, he didn't go down very easily. Coming in back soon, right? I would think so. Yeah. So I would say when Sarah and I had our engagement, was that the year? Th- I thought so. But we'll be married fifteen years. I thought they came back every like fourteen it's like or 17, seven or seventeen. 17. Years. So yeah, pretty soon. Oh then. yeah. Pretty soon. Um, While you talk, I'm gonna Google when the locusts are coming. Okay. Um, so then I guess we'll go on to the next section. Uh yeah, go ahead. Okay, we've got about ten minutes ish. All right, I think I don't know if we'll finish. Oh yeah, we probably won't. But all right, so I got to figure out where I left off. Okay, I see it. So <laughs> <laughs> chapter twenty-eight, verse forty-five: All these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and the statues that he commanded you. They shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and lacking everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring an nation against you from far away from the end of the earth swooping down like an eagle like the eagle a nation whose language you do not understand a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young it shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed it shall also leave you grain wine or oil the increase of your herds or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. They shall shall besiege you and all the towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down 
throughout all your land, and they shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in the distress with which your enemies shall distress you. The man who is the most tender and refined among you will begrudged food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of the children whom he has left, so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating, because he has nothing else left. In the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in all your towns, the most tender and refined woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender will begrudge to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter, her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom the whom she bears because lacking everything, she will eat them secretly in the siege and in the distress with which your enemies shall distress you in your towns. All right, well, I'll pause there for a couple, for a minute or two. Um, well, take about four minutes to unpack this. <laughs> um, well, um, the iron yoke. Um, basically is like a yoke that would connect animals together um, that would be to work the fields. Basically, we, we got uh, kind of a vision of slavery here. Um, well, it's not, yeah, and the, the yoke is not just that. It was a dominating tool as well that would keep you um, keep you in line. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like, oh, I put it on and the animal can go do what it wants. There was very much like it couldn't go left, it couldn't go right, it couldn't do anything without being steered mm-hmm. by its owner and it would usually be bonded and tethered together with other animals that were also working the field so um i mean that there's that picture of you being treated like an animal being yoked and and um tethered together with, with other other people and um yeah yeah they're typically made out of wood so iron here is again showing a more perma bondage it's not a you know the wooden, it could be broken, cracked, or weathered. It's a heavy-duty, dominating, forever bondage. Right. Sounds like um, a very warped version of the Jesus yeah, story. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <Bible>. <laughs> Man, they really needed the pictures on that one. Yeah. Um, once again, I guess we see um, olive oil um, would have been spring and summer, a very important crop that they would grow. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think um lots of money uh would have been exported come on you know you want to talk about eating the fruit of the loom oh I, th- the I'm, I'm, that's where i want to get uh, i'm just kind of quickly going through the other ones really quick because the cannibalism part you know where um what is it the the mother gives birth and eats i mean yeah some straight apocalyptic literature right yeah there. it does um Apparently, though, cannibalism actually is a standard element of the curses in the Assyrian treaties of the 7th century. I was like, oh, so that's normal to say that kind of stuff. You'll have nothing else to eat but your children? Right. What kind of Mike Tyson proclamation is that? Uh, I have no (laughs) clue. It's it's not one I would want to be a part of. But, yeah, a lot of it would happen with with sieges. So, like, when a city was under siege and they had no other way of getting food, um, this is ultimately kind of what what they're illustrating here um, is the desperation um, of the situation that these that God's people would have been in if they chose to be disobedient. Yeah, and it's also showing a uh, complete ending of the the family that 
in the lineage that God put so much weight on it earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. talking about pass this on to your children so that, you know, you'll continue to flourish through, you know, your children and raising their being raised correctly and then them raising their children correctly and so on. So it's also uh, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also showing the toughest of tough times, but mm-hmm. it's also showing God ending that promise with that generation and not allowing it to continue to go forward because they are destroying ultimately the only chance they have of carrying on. Mm-hmm. So it's a very bleak outlook. I can't imagine that. I'd be like, eh, I'll just die of hunger. I'm I not know, quite like, sure I could. Kids, take this body and eat it. Like, yeah, I'm not sure I could take my kid and eat him. No, I, it's interesting because like you would wonder, is that figurative or what in this? But like you said, it's in a lot of other. Yeah. Um, so apparently, I mean, from what I read and from what I saw, um, it is desperation. And this isn't necessarily uh, imagery. Um, this was desperation and it was common with with sieges and, and stuff like that in the ancient Near East. So um Everything I saw did not make it look like it was just a figure of speech or a metaphor or anything like that or symbolism. It was, here's how desperate they were for survival and for food. And I was like, well, if I know I'm going to die anyway, then why eat my kids? (laughs) But I don't know. Um, Even the most sophisticated. So you're not talking about anyone that's going to really escape that. It's not one of those that, oh, you know, those rich and wealthy. No, you're, you're kind of screwed, too. Yeah, when they talk about, like, the, the gentle woman mm-hmm. in there, uh, or the tender, I think is the ESV puts it. Yeah. Uh, the Fraser actually pertained to women who were known to not have their bare feet touch the ground. So they're either transported by carriage or, you know, they mm-hmm. were there's some other way that they were moved around. But so even the, like, most pampered, the most, like, you know, protected woman is going to be like exposed to that's culture shock right there yeah that's well that is basically saying it's going to affect you you your wealth can't hide you right your wealth can't spare you from this your pampered lifestyle you're going to be regardless you'll be exposed to this Mm -hmm. so So, yeah all right so So (laughs) with that um we probably don't have time to finish up tonight no, we're we got about um two minutes. Okay, so we're almost done with Deuteronomy twenty eight. If you're preparing for next week, um, we're gonna be Deuteronomy twenty eight and at least part of twenty nine. Oh, so we're uh we're a weekly podcast now. Never next two weeks. <laughs> um, next week when we record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's if you're reading ahead, going ahead and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want a little bit of hope, read through. Uh, read up to thirty. Um, because then you, uh, you get a little bit of hope there. But but man, if uh, this uh, post-apocalyptic is like where your wheelhouse is right now, we got you covered oh, for yes. the next couple podcasts. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so. You're not getting away from these curses, so uh, be obedient this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Later.